Back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. The show name is a reference to how many great Astros' last name begin with the letter B, who were playing back in the 90s when they were not winning World Series. Bagwell, Biggio, Barry, Bell, and eventually Bergman. You might not remember Barry and Bell, but trust me, you remember Blank and Brenham. Here they are now, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. This Friday, we're hitting the road again, and we'll be broadcasting live from Kobo's all day as we celebrate their two-year anniversary and Kobo's winning Culture Maps Award for being Houston's ultimate sports bar. Get some great food, drinks, hang out with your favorite station all day Friday at Kobo's. Cannot wait. I will be at Wildcat tomorrow. We will not be playing in the occasional invitational. Joe talked a big game uh, in the weeks leading up to this. So, yeah, you guys will play. You guys are playing. The, the guys in front of you said that they would even stick around a little bit longer so you guys can play. Hey, Joe, we playing tomorrow? No. What? I got my – I cleaned my sticks. I got the golf shoes ready to go. And Joe's like, yeah, you aren't playing tomorrow. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And it was kind of like um... – Got teased. Flip it. Like, I mean, if you guys need me to talk to somebody, I guess I could try. Yeah. No, at that point, no, yeah, we're I good. It, I thought it was set in stone. I mean, I guess you just don't you don't care enough about the children because it was for the children. We were going to auction it off yes. and everything to raise money for charity and and do a good thing for the for the for the kids. Yep. And now it's lost. Lamont says, I know we were playing 17 games now, but Willie Anderson's had a better regular rookie season than J.J. Watt, and he still has four games remaining. I hear where you're at with that because Watt had five sacks in his rookie year. Now he had the unbelievable play in the Bengals uh, playoff game, pick six. Um, Anderson's currently at five sacks. I don't really remember, like, J.J. Watt's skill set as a rookie. Like, I don't remember where we were talking about. He's all strength. He needs to add to his bag, things like that. Um, that's what Will Anderson needs to add for him to take that next step, though. He's going to have to add to his pass-rushing repertoire. I think he's there with his, his ability against the run. I think against the run, he's really good. Uh, he has the strength. He has the speed. Needs a move. Needs a counter move. And I think that he's going to be a double-digit sack guy as soon as next year. But he has to add those things. Because he's not going to get double digits with speed rush and bull rushes 100% of the time. I am living proof of how that stat shouldn't mean a whole lot to people in terms of the impact. Because going into, was it last week, the two quarterbacks that are the most recent starters in Green Bay Packers history had the exact and identical stats in their first year to that point in the season. Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. No one ever looked at that and thought, Jordan Love's the next Aaron Rodgers. There's no way that that's that's a barometer because Jordan Love is not even close to the next Aaron Rodgers. And sometimes these things happen. Sometimes you get late bloomers. You see it all the time in, in different sports. Sometimes you're drafted high and you, and, and you never come through the way you were projected to. Harold Miner, they just did a story in Sports Illustrated about Harold Miner and being baby Jordan and then never being able to to get there. Or, you know, Chauncey Billups, a, a different guy, but struggled mightily in his first couple of opportunities as a high draft pick and then all of a sudden figured it out. I don't know when Will Anderson's going to completely figure it out, but the one thing that I, I feel confident in saying is there's enough already on film and enough skill set that we've seen physically that he's going to figure it out. He's going to be a dominant football player. I think he'll be a dominant football player if he adds to his pass rushing bag. Uh, if he if he's if he's always a bull rush speed rush guy, I, I think he's going to be a seven eight sack a year guy, which is a good football player. That's a good football player. Not knocking that that isn't a good football player. But we expect Will Anderson to be in the top tier of edge rushers in the NFL. And for him to be in the top tier of edge rushers in the NFL, he needs to add a move and he needs to add a counter to that move to add to his speed rush and his bull rush. I think he's capable of doing I know he's capable of doing it. It's just a matter of doing it. And I expect him to do it. And I think he's going to do it this offseason. I think he's going to be a double-digit sack guy next year. But that is a huge caveat. If you don't add that, I don't think he's a double-digit sack guy. If he does, he is a double-digit sack guy as soon as next season. If he had that this year, he's a double-digit sack guy. But I still think that he could be a dominant football player week in, week out because of the fact that he has that rare combination of speed and athleticism. He'd be clowny. I mean, if, he, if he's not getting, getting double-digit sacks, he's clowny. But, if, but it, it, well, now, the key is going to be if he's clowny, he's a healthy clowny. Sure. And, and he, I think he loves football more than Clowney. Which is why I think he's going to add to his bag. Yeah. So whether whether he adds to the bag or not, I still think he's going to be an above-average football player for a long period of time. Well, I mean, that's not what you said, though. Okay, you, said, I, you said dominant. Well, okay, but there's other ways to dominate a football game. I, I think he'll get, he's going to be a dominant football player. Whether he gets 
like massive sack numbers and starts going into the 15 to 20 range on sacks, it, it, I don't know. But I think that he can get double-digit sacks and still be a dominant football player in this league, even if he doesn't get... And I, let me be clear. I believe he's going to get to where you want, need him to go. But even if he doesn't, just maturing and understanding the, the, the league and the game. And the game yeah, I think, I think, I think he's going to get better. I, I do, too. I, I do, too. But I'm not going to call a guy a dominant edge rusher if you're not getting double-digit sacks. I think that's a, I think it's a prerequisite to be a dominant edge rusher. That said, I do think he's going to become that. Uh, this AFC uh, r- playoff race is unbelievable right now. You look at just uh, – there's three teams that are 8-5. and five, Kansas City, Jacksonville, Cleveland. And then you have a half dozen teams that are seven and six. Pittsburgh, Indy, Houston, Denver, Cincinnati, and Buffalo. The AFC is absolutely wide open from a who's getting in. I also think the AFC is wide open from a who's going to win the AFC. We were talking about, okay, is Baltimore a true contender? Well, do you trust Lamar? There's some questions about that. Well, Miami's got this juggernaut offense. They are a true contender. Whoops, they lost to a rookie. Will Levis at home. This AFC race, whatever we want to call it, the race for the wild card, the race to win the entire conference and to represent the AFC into the Super Bowl, this is bonkers. This is this is what the NFL would love to see every single season, having a, a ton of teams in it until the very end or close to the end, and everybody duking it out to make every game more interesting. And, and as a football fan, you are fired up. As a Texans fan, you're more fired up because your team's in the middle of it. And no matter what happened with that loss on Sunday, you still got a, a legit shot to control the, your destiny and do what you need to do to get to the playoffs. It's phenomenal. But you look at some of those teams, too, and, and you're scratching your temple going, of the seven and six teams – I thought the Texans were better than a lot. I, I, I can't believe Pittsburgh continues to do what they do to find a way to be in it when we saw what we saw when they beat when the Texans beat the Steelers. And Kenny Pickett or not, or Mitch Trubisky or not, I just don't think that offensively they do anything that should scare anyone. And aside from two pass rushers and Minka Fitzpatrick, their defense is okay, yet they're right in the middle of it. And for the number one seed, everybody keeps doing the Ravens a favor to where the Ravens right now are sitting in the catbird seat going, oh, yeah, this is clear sailing for us. But you know that come playoff time, no one wants to see home or road. Kansas City, Miami, there's a ton of offensive talent just sitting there in the waiting trying to figure out who's going to have home field advantage. This is uh, it's, I don't really remember a race like this a whole lot, whether it's the wild card, because any of those teams can make it. And I agree, none of those teams have like – I think some people look at Buffalo as the team that should be in, and I think that's a lot of reputation alone, uh, quite frankly. Pittsburgh, they, they're obviously very flawed. Uh, they fired their OC. That's how flawed they are. Indianapolis is without their starting quarterback. That's how flawed they are. Texans currently don't have their starting quarterback and without any skill offensively right now in an offensive line that's playing very poor. Denver started off as poorly as anybody else in the NFL, and we thought they were tanking for Caleb Williams. Cincinnati doesn't have their quarterback. And then you look at the teams above that. Like Cleveland is playing Joe Flacco. Flacco. Cleveland's playing Joe Flacco, and they have eight wins. Kansas City, you feel like they're supposed to flip this switch offensively. They haven't done it. Jacksonville is incredibly inconsistent. One week, one week, like one week, they look like the best team in the AFC. The next week, they look like the worst team in the AFC South. Miami hasn't beaten a good team, and they just lost to Will Levis. Baltimore probably has been the most steady of the bunch, but do you trust them in the postseason? This this AFC race is is nuts. See, I think it's Buffalo crazy. is such a scary team for the fact that. As inconsistent and, in a lot of ways, bad as they've been all season long, I don't know that there's many teams that want to see them come playoff time. I think that they are battle-tested. They are experienced. And Josh Allen, and I know you're not a fan, nope. but when he's right, and in the playoffs, there's been times when he's been really right. And really wrong. Right. But he's got, <laughs> he's got, a, he's got good receivers and a big-time receiver. He's got good skill position players around him. And he's got a decent defense to where if they just get in, I don't know that a lot of people are going to shake their head if you think they could win a playoff game or two. No, I think they could win a playoff game or two. I just don't think he's capable of winning a Super Bowl. I I think there's a really not – I think there's a chance. I would be willing to bet that the Bills win the AFC East. I'm looking at the schedules right now. The Buffalo Bills play the Cowboys. Obviously, that's a tough game. Then they play the Chargers, the Patriots, and they end the season with the Dolphins. The Dolphins play the Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. That team that played last night, that te- the Dolphins are going one and three if they show up like that. If Tyreek's hurt, like 
Mike McDaniel showed he has no answer for when Tyreek Hill leaves the lineup. You have Jalen Waddle, all those guys. They couldn't move the ball at all. So I don't even think the AOC East is decided. Now, they would have to gain a game before they play. Because they're two back right now. So you would have to gain a game. Buffalo would. If they if Buffalo can gain one game I think by Buffalo, the time they play in week eighteen. Now that because Buffalo beat Miami earlier this year. So if they can gain a game before week eighteen, that week eighteen game between Miami and Buffalo is for the division. Yeah, and I think the, the the likelihood of that is there. You know, the Bills, let's say they lose to the Cowboys, they will beat the Chargers and the Patriots, and then it's winner take all in that last game because Assuming Miami goes one and two. Do you or think, worse. I mean I would I would bet that Miami will be dogs, obviously, against Dallas and Baltimore. That's a brutal uh, schedule. Home for Dallas, I wonder. Buffalo's got to be in order to have a shot. Buffalo, the one they have to beat Dallas. No, they can go one and th- they can go three and one. I, I don't think they have to I, beat Buffalo. I, like I Buffalo, don't think they're gonna though. Buffalo can go two and one before they play Miami. Absolutely, they can go two and one. They have no, no two and one's a different story, right? But, but I think, but all they need is Miami to go one and two because they would gain a game and now they're a game they back the going first. into Week 18. No, they. I just I said that Buffalo uh, beat Miami first time that they played. That's not a oh, oh, Buffalo beat. Okay, there you go. So they need to gain a game before they go into week 18. So if Buffalo goes 2-1, and one, let's say they even lose to the Cowboys, but they win at the Chargers, they beat the Patriots at home, very doable, and Miami just, they lose to Dallas and they lose at Baltimore. They're 1-2. and two. I, I think that Miami probably sneaks away one of those wins. I think that they probably win a Cowboy or at Ravens. I think they go one and one in that two game stretch. I don't think that the division's going to be in play in Week 18. I think it, I, I think there's a chance it, it will be. be. There's but definitely I, a chance. Yeah, I, just, I just think they split against Dallas heard, and at Baltimore. I heard Jeff Saturday say this morning that, he, thought, that he said that the ship is. Did you guys hear that today? Uh-huh. Shannon Sharp called him Friday. Was that an insult or he just made a mistake? He's lesser he called, than he just called him Friday on the air, and then he, really? and then he had to correct himself and say, "I mean, I mean, uh, just just Saturday." That's a rough one. I yeah. can see Sunday, but not Saturday. How do you call? I know his 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 last name is the day of a week, but you got to get the day right. I can see it Sunday. Like if you're going to make a mistake, yeah, what is like, the most likely mistake? I think Sunday's more likely than Friday. I don't see how that's possible. Like you can, you call me George sometimes. It's a it's an honest mistake. It is actually my name. Yeah. He called him. A, he called him Friday. Yeah, that's rough. I think that might be. Insulting. Sorry to interrupt you, Joel. What was that? No, a... what was that? Uh, Get smart. Wasn't there a character in the remake of Get Smart Friday? Was there? I don't remember. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think I've seen Get Smart. No, not the original. The the there was a remake. When the original came out. I have no idea. A long time ago, so I know that that was just opening the door for Jeremy. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Lamont, you're in the hive with the bees. What's going on, Lamont? Hey man, uh, how's it going, fellas? Uh, I was at the beginning of the season. Uh, uh, I was really down on uh, uh, Willie Anderson or, or Will Anderson or whatever his name is. But then I started thinking about some things, man. Uh, I I think he's have he's having a, a damn good season. I think that he's having a damn good season, and I, I will put him up there uh, in the likes of. Oh, okay. Uh, I know that Jalen Carter uh, uh, scooped up and uh, ran a touchdown there. But I would put him up there in uh, defense book of the year. And where I'm going with this is, where I'm going with this is, uh, the Texans, uh, uh, we, we got to look at the, to- to- the totality uh, of what's going on. The, the Texans are playing very close games. The Texans aren't blowing out people, uh, 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 aren't blowing out teams. Uh, it's not a lot of opportunity for him to... Uh, uh, Get on those those stat sheets uh, and stuff. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, like eight eight or nine of our games have came down to the fourth quarter. Eight or nine of our games have come down to the fourth quarter. And let me say something else. I heard I heard D'Amico Ryan's last week get all crunk and pumped up about his quarterback, and uh, 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 all of them have been uh, uh, that nasty in them uh, uh, when. When the quarterback stood up to the uh, to the Denver coach, but now we all going crazy about you know Will Anderson uh, uh, making that ball headed uh, uh, play, and I, I get that. Uh, all thing I'm saying is uh, I was wrong on Will Anderson, uh, uh, and I think that that dude is a, a, a pretty nice player, man. Uh, and I think that all these close games are, are are not doing him any favors. Uh, coming down to the end of the the fourth quarter. And all that type of stuff. And, you know, teams are going to run. We already know what the uh, game plan is next week for uh, for, for Tennessee. They're going to run. He he's 
probably not going to get a sack uh, if he's playing. That's all I have. Appreciate it, Lamont. Um, I think Will Anderson's a good football player, too. I think he's already a good football player. Uh, I think that I would rather have him than Jalen Carter, no matter what Jalen Carter's doing on the football field. Uh, one texture wants me to stop saying uh, add to his bag. So if Will Anderson adds to his repertoire, if he adds Ooh. to his arsenal, uh, I think that uh, I think Stroud's going to be – or not Stroud. I think Anderson's going to be a double-digit sack guy in the NFL. That sounded smarter. Yeah. yeah, I shouldn't. Maybe the texture is onto something. I shouldn't have dumbed myself down for the sake of sounding cool. That was good. That was good critical. Uh, good criticism there. Sound I, criticism. I think though, to Lamont's call, the biggest thing that you look at is when you look at Will Anderson. You can look at this team, and you didn't know what to expect from Will Anderson coming in. You had grandiose expectations, obviously, and then there's the other thing is the fact that you traded to get him, so a lot of people had a lot more focus when looking at him. But much like the team, uh, the majority of people didn't expect them to be this good this soon. But suddenly you expect Will Anderson to be this good already. And the fact is, he's shown you enough to know that the ceiling is very, very high, and you don't know how high it can go. Mm -hmm. But the expectations, because of some of those factors are that people expected him to be looking at not... They, Aiden Hutchinson and more. That's what they expected. A guy taken high, but also because you traded to get him, that you expected had to be Aiden Hutchinson and more. And guys kind of get it at different times. But what you have seen, whether you go into the deep stats or not, is a guy that has a football player in the NFL has everything that you need to be a dominant football player. Yeah, if uh, to to me it's up to Anderson. He's got the strength, he's got the skill, he's got the speed. 713-780-3776. Rockets kept the Spurs to 82 points. Miraculous in today's NBA. Uh, what did you see from Wimby in the return of Amin Thompson? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. <laughs> The Killer Bees? What about the murderous Jays? We've got Joel, Jeremy, and Joe. That's three Jays. Coming to you live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. It's the Killer Bees and murderous Jays. Uh, he's Blank on Branham. Blank made the coffee today. It's very good. Surprised why he's making it and Joe's not. I do it almost every day. I know. I, even, I came in and asked Joe if he wanted me to make something. I just don't know why he doesn't make it. I don't know. I have coffee still. I haven't even finished my coffee yet. Just don't know why you don't make it. Why do I have to make it? You're the producer of the Killer Bees. I'm the Queen Bee. Producers make the coffee for the talent. Queen Bees don't. Is that the case? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I think think that's kind of true. If If you're the Queen Bee, you pretty much... This is the first you got time a little attitude. You get a little diva. This is the first time he's ever referred to himself as the Queen Bee, though. That's not true. Is I've it been, not? I've been, uh, it's very rare. I think it might be like the third. Okay, because I thought you weren't a huge fan of that, but now you're using no, it. No, no, it's fine. You're using it to to you know help your cause here. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN Rockets uh, won a basketball game yesterday. They beat up on the Spurs. I don't believe in ugly wins. I, I will never say a win is ugly. Now the game could be ugly. But I don't believe in ugly wins. You win a basketball game, you win a football game, you win a, I don't care how you do it. A win is a win, and there's nothing ugly about a win. Wins are beautiful in whatever way you want to look at them as. Now, the game can be ugly. Uh, yesterday's game, pretty ugly. Rockets uh, win by 11. Amin Thompson was back. We got to see Wimby again. At 18 boards yesterday. Kind of incredible. Five blocks in about five minutes in the first half. His size just plays. Like, his length plays. Uh, what would you make of this uh, game yesterday? The big thing was is the balance again, and, and Tari Eason off the bench was massive. And, and, and you're seeing why at a certain point, and you look at the box score and you look at Jay Sean Tate, you can phase him out in a moment's notice, and I don't think you're going to miss a whole lot. But I, I don't want Jay Sean Tate taking minutes away from Tari Eason. Tari Eason in that stretch in the, in the second half was so big in terms of being active on defense, finishing at the rim with Wemby and two other guys trying to block his shot. And then when the ball got loose with less than three minutes to play, I think Van Vliet picked it up and just with a with a, a laser pocket pass down the floor, it, Tari Eason just catch and dunk ball game. I mean, he was all over. He was active on both ends. And that's a guy that doesn't get the hype as the high picks of uh, 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 Amin Thompson and Jabari and Jalen and company and even uh, Shangun. 
But that's a dude that's going to be a part of this franchise, and you hope for a long time because he can do. He's like a Swiss Army knife and a Mario Eli kind of junkyard dog all into one. He he's really talented. That kid. What was the game a few games back where he was ready to fight everybody? Is that the one where he, Van Vliet didn't like where he was like stepping in during free, the Laker game where he was like trying to talk talk at the Lakers and everything else, and Van Vliet kind of told him to slow down. Uh, Van Vliet got, uh, he was, uh, Tari tried to go take the technical and Van, oh, that, Vliet, that didn't let, Van Vliet didn't let him, but that was, was game. the game that Tari got upset. Yeah. He was ready to fight that guy for like kind of stepping to him yep. and then he didn't get out of his way. And yep. then Tari was ready to go after him. And then Tari wanted to fight after the game was over. I like a little bit of dog, especially a little bit of dog off the bench. And you mentioned the junk guard dog. Uh, Tari was great yesterday. Tari, I mean, Tate played nine minutes, whatever. Tari got minutes from Jalen Green. Jalen Green played 24 minutes Jaylen yesterday. Jalen Green was awful. He was two for 10 from the floor. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, they went with Tari Easton instead of Jalen Green. And I like that about Ime. Like, Ime's not a, I'm going to be married to my rotations. Ime's going to be, hey, I'm going to go with whatever rotation, whichever five at the end of games gives me my best chance to win. Uh, some nights, maybe it's maybe it's Tari Easton over Jalen Green. Maybe it's Jeff Green over Jabari Smith. Maybe it's Jabari Smith over Jeff Green. I, I do like that about Ime. Because you see, especially in the NBA, these coaches fall in love with their rotations they never you know mess with their rotation they never go away from their rotation now most of those teams are veteran teams that are used to that sort of thing but I, I do like that about Ime uh, however you win games you win games the Rockets haven't won enough games recently to be complaining about how you win games this to me was a nice victory in the sense that you don't stump your toe because you just came off the biggest win you've had in the organization's history since 2020 and that's not hyperbolic the the Rockets had not had a bigger win since 2020 than what they had in Denver. They went into the defending champs house and won with a defending championship team that was at full health. Like they had everybody and the Rockets finally went on the road and won. If you would have lost yesterday at home to a San Antonio Spurs team who's been reeling, who's been bad, who's been one of the worst teams in the NBA, it would have eliminated all the goodwill that you had for winning at Denver. So get it done yesterday. Keep up the goodwill. You're 11-9. and This Rockets team is a lot of fun to watch. To your point, you know what Odoka does that a lot of teams are afraid to do like Steven Silas, he 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 doesn't play favorites. He plays players, and he plays it on a situation by situation basis. It doesn't matter where you were drafted. It doesn't matter what you come in with. It's what you're doing to put out when I need you to during a ball game. And if you're not, I'm not afraid to sit your ass down. And because I think one of the benefits is you're not dealing with the Jason Tatum's and the Jalen Browns and the big time names and the contracts that go with it. You still have a young enough team too, that you can get away with it more in the NBA with all the egos and attitudes. But the fact is he is who he's going to, who you want him to be for this team. If Jalen doesn't have it going and he's not playing the way he needs him to play, but someone else is like Tari or, you know, whoever it is, Dylan Brooks, whether he was sick or not, was not very good last night. So he finds other guys to do what he needs to do. And if they're doing it, starting on the defensive end, He's not even going to worry as much about you putting it in the basket as much as doing what needs to be done to keep it, this team in the game defensively. Mm-hmm. He's got those guys. The reason why the Tate minutes are important to me is because I thought they were going to showcase him early and try and find a home for him because I don't think he fits long-term with this team. He's an older player that people don't realize is older. And he's also he's got a contract, but he's got a style of play that I think relates to a lot of playoff contending teams. But with this team, you've got younger versions of him already on the roster that you don't need him anymore. Yeah. And I don't want his minutes to get in the way of younger guys that are going to be here longer. No, I I, I don't dislike Tate with what Ime's doing. Now, are you paying him more than what his role is? Absolutely mm-hmm. you are, which is probably why he doesn't have much value. Like, if you're trading Tate, it's probably as some sort of cap filler in a bigger trade, or you're almost just getting him off the roster to clear the money off the books and you're not getting anything actually attractive. Uh, I, I don't mind Tate on this team. Do I want him getting minutes over Tar Eason, Jalen Green, Ben Thompson? No, I, I don't. If he was a DNP CD every single night, I'd be okay with that. Now, I think he can kind of be a junkyard dog too, but whenever you already have Eason that's healthy and Dylan Brooks obviously is a starter, there's not really a lot of minutes to be had there. Now, as an understudy to those guys, I don't hate him in that spot, but makes too much money to kind of be in that role. Uh, Ben Thompson, go ahead. I was going to say, you're, you we're rolling into the same next thought. Is What'd that you, with, you, with Holiday, it was his first game back, right? I didn't expect man, anything yeah. from him, for Amen Thompson. But I saw enough to know that that kid's skill set is, is just, it's an untapped, there's so many untapped resources, but the skill set itself is so good that I think now you're going to see Holiday be the next guy. And we had, we had talked about this earlier, and I had mentioned, you're going to showcase these veterans early in the season, whether it be for injury or mm. value with Tate and Holiday. 
you're going to get to a point here when I'm if I'm attempt, Thompson continues to progress and get healthier, he's going to take minutes away from Holiday, and they're going to take their chances because he's part of the long term future, and Holiday isn't. Yeah, I, I mean Holiday can be a third string point guard on your team. Sure. Like you know, he's not going to have crazy value around the league where it's like, yeah, I don't want him being our third string because I can get something for him. But it was also interesting Emay's quotes where he likes Holiday and Thompson on the floor together which I thought was curious because it's like, okay, two-point guards, uh, but whatever. Uh, so him saying that maybe throws a wrinkle into that a bit. Uh, my biggest takeaway with Amin Thompson was it looks like he's been working out. Like He looks he beefed up a little. It, to me, he looks beefier than when he got hurt. I'll tell you what, as opposed to some other guys in multitude of sports that decide that when you're out with an injury, that means you don't have to work out either. I mean, if that's the case, I'm fine with it. I just see a guy that whether he has the ball in his hands or not, whether he's a great shooter yet or not or can be, he, he his re, just his skill set from a basketball perspective. He can put it on the floor. His vision is great. He's long. He he's athletic. He can guard multiple positions. And the, you talk about a kid that when he starts figuring it out and really understanding when he's you know as he fills out and starts pl- understanding the NBA game, he can get so much better. I believe of all the guys they've drafted in, in the in the high, the the highest position round, last couple of seasons. He might have the the biggest upside. Alpi wasn't a top five pick, but when you look at the aside from Alpi, when you look at Jabari, you look at Jalen, and you look at Amen Thompson. Amen Thompson might have the biggest upside. Yeah, the the one hangup that I I like Thompson's game a lot. The one hangup that I would have on him, like having this elite upside, is the shooting. Yeah, shooting is obviously his biggest bugaboo right if, now. If he can't develop into a like I'm not even gonna say a good shooter, but if he can't develop into being an above average shooter, that lowers his ceiling quite a bit. Because now, now, the, now you're Ben Simmons. But the, you're right. But see, I was gonna say, but unlike Ben Simmons, but I wasn't even gonna bring up Ben Simmons. Unlike a lot, you're right in the fact that he has to develop it. But unlike a lot of guys that never do, his form looks good. Yeah, his form, the elbows in, the finish looks right. He looks like it's just a matter of understanding, like ball position finish, getting some spin on it, things like that. Those things are correctable. When you look like Ben Simmons or guys that have the elbow flying and a hitch in their giddy-up, like Markel Foles, they're never going to get it. Yeah, I agree. 713-780-3776. Cash them or trash them with the bees. What are your hot takes that you have that you want us to cash or trash? We have ours as well. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend Doc Linville. Doc Linville, he does it all. He's the best in the business at so many things. In my opinion, he's the best at the neograph procedure. That's why I'm always talking about him and that procedure because I had it done, and it was phenomenal, and I'm still reaping the benefits of getting my hair back. But he also does plastic surgery and Botox. His office has spa treatments. If you want to give a gift this holiday season that's a gift that keeps on giving for your significant other, check out Doc Linville and all the different things services that he offers and the fact that it might be beneficial to your significant other maybe you want to get your face tightened up maybe you want to get some things done the one thing i'm going to tell you today that i always tell you about that you might want to consider is the neograph procedure because it's getting your hair back it's not the sprays and the creams and the foams that just mask the problem it's you getting your own hair and he takes it from a spot genetically you're never going to lose it the sides in the back Puts it where you need it most. Maybe it's up top and back. Maybe it's in the, in the front because your forehead become an eight head and your hairline is terrible. He gets your hair back and he gives you more self-confidence in doing so. And because that hair never goes away, it's going to stay and get longer and stronger and be with you for the long haul. Go to 975hair.com right now and check out the Neograph procedure offered by Doc Linville and sign up right there for a consultation. It costs you absolutely nothing. Nothing out of pocket, no signing on the dotted line, none of that because you're a listener to ESPN 97.5. Otherwise, it costs 150 bucks. But just go in, ask questions, get answers, see if it's right for you, and see if you can't be the next in line to get this unbelievable procedure. I got it, could not be happier with it. You see the results that are there instantly because you see the follicles. 95 to 99% of those follicles are never going anywhere. They're going to stay and be with you for the long haul. That's why I'm so happy with the procedure. You can check it out today and be the next in line. Go to 975hair.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Watch out for that foot bone. I would like to rear up and jackknife my legs and kick you both in the jaw with my foot bone. Prepare for overreaction on my mark. It's that time of the week where overreactions are not only welcome, they're celebrated. They say Muhammad Ali was the greatest of all time, but he never fought Cassius Clay. It's Cashem or Trashem with the Killer Bees. This is your hot take. Hmm. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. 
He's blank. I'm Branham. We're going to cash him or trash him. We encourage you to play as well. 713-780-3776. What do you want us to cash? What do you want us to trash? Blankers, go ahead. Jalen Green never makes an all-star team in the NBA. That's a good question. Well done. You're welcome. I, I appreciate that question. That's a good one. I'm going to trash this. I've been a trash. I'm, I'm, I, why is am I Jalen Green fluke one? I don't you know, are. man. I defend Jalen Green like to the death. Yes, you do. And I, 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 I'm like the most defensive dude of Jalen Green, maybe that talks on a microphone in the city. I believe in talent. I believe in talent. Jalen Green has shown us that he is incredibly talented. He puts games together that all stars put together, and only all stars can put together. Jalen Green's question is not talent. He's got the talent now. Mindset questionable. Like, where's that mentality? Does it have that killer instinct? I, I have my doubts. And then the consistency. Those are the two things that are eluding Jalen Green for being an all-star. I'm hoping, and maybe maybe it's just more hope than anything else, but I think he's got the right coach in Ime Adoka to bring it out of him, and he's still super young. I think he gets there someday. He could fluke, he could fluke an all-star team. Yeah, but I mean like a legit one. I don't mean to okay. fluke you. Like I, I, I do believe in his skill. Like I, I believe skill. I, I like skill, and Jalen Green has skill. Joseph? Uh, I'm going to trash it. Trash. I think he's got a couple on him still. Hmm. I, I, even though I don't, I don't think the player is a championship level player in Jalen Green. I, I still think that his stats are going to be there during his career to put him in the All Star game. He's going to have like a year where he averages twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah, I don't think he averaged that many points consistently because that's the you, what you said last was the thing that always sits with me first. I just, I, 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 aside from anything else, you can pick apart with his with his game. Consistency drives me nuts. He's so inconsistent. One game he can just do everything right, fit the fit into the system, do what he's asked to do, but then score it at an unbelievable level, have massive quarters that you know constitute a big stat line, and then like a magic show, just disappear for the next game, game and a half. You're going, what the hell happened to that dude? This texture said that uh, Jalen Green is Zach Levine. Zach Levine's a two time All Star. So there's that. When he that. came into the league, I said that the, the, the floor for him was Jordan Clarkson. He made, what, one All-Star when he was in L.A. maybe? And I think Jordan Clarkson was like a six-man-of-the-year candidate and made one. That's why I'm saying he could fluke one or he could really, you know, be, just catch every the first half of a season he could be on can fire. I, like can, we, I, can I cash and trash this? Can I say, no. can I trash he it? He's as, never made an All-Star, Clarkson. Okay. Jalen Green never makes an All-Star game as a Houston Rocket. He makes one elsewhere. I like that. I'll trash that. I like that. I think they're going to, I think they're like extend them. Um, at thirty million a year. Here's the thing with Green: he's 21 years old, and he averages almost 20 points a game in his career. So, like, oh, that's that's really difficult the, to do. The like, potential is all sitting right there for the taking. I just don't know that he can take it and and, and it. harness it. I think. I mean, obviously, it's a really fair question. But when we we like dog on Jalen Green, he's he was in the NBA. This is his third year in the NBA. He was a rookie at 19. Last year he's 20. He's 21 years old, and he's averaging a shade under 20 points per game in his entire career. Like that is hard for a 21 year old to be a three a third year pro and to average nearly 20 a game. This year he's down a little bit, 18 and a half. Last year he was at 22 because he shot a lot more last year. I think I, th- I think he may brings it out of him, and maybe it's more hope than anything else. But I think he may brings it out of him. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. My cash or trash the NIT, the NBA in season tournament, the NIT. The NIT was a hit. Couple numbers I'll throw at you: the first ever NBA in season tournament, the NIT. It between the Lakers and Pacers, it averaged four point five million viewers on ABC and ESPN two. It's the most watched non Christmas NBA game during the regular season in six years. The ratings for TNT December games up 66%. Everyone talked about it. Halliburton became a star. LeBron accomplished something that Michael Jordan didn't. The NIT is a hit. I hate you. Because I have to cash it, and I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I should always listen to me. I hated it from the beginning. I thought it was gimmicky. I thought it was just this marketing machine that the NBA marketing machine was going to drive. The numbers don't lie. And whether you like or dislike parts, all, some, the gaudy, nasty courts, or trying to get into a season within a season and the standings within a standings, it worked. It worked. We'll see if it continues to work. But it was it, you. There's no arguing whether it was a success or not because ratings, ta- 
discussion points, everybody talking about, you know, and, and even the players acting a little bit more intense, being a little bit more tense there was intensity. this early in the season, it worked. There was a lot of intensity. Got to cash. Cash. You can't, there's no other. It's not arguable. It really right. isn't. It's not arguable. I'm I'm curious, like what it looks like in year two and year three. That's, that's, Hopefully, yeah. they get rid of these stupid courts and oh, they call man. it the Let's NBA Cup. There. Let's stop calling it the in season tournament. Yeah, and then saying it's the IST. In season's one word, dude. In just call it the <laughs> NBA Cup. I still feel like, and I still feel like the timing is wrong. I disagree completely. You disagree you, completely. You, you the like timing it in the middle of football doing season. what the. Their their end game, Joe, is exactly why it is where it is. I think it's perfect. I their it's end perfect. game is to try and draw interest from the start of the season until Christmas, when most people think yeah. the season starts on Christmas and Day. When, That's true. When was the NIT championship game? It was on the first Saturday without any college football, yep. and it's the only sporting event Wasn't that the Army mattered Navy that game day. The only college game that day. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The and only a, day. And the games are on Wednesdays and Fridays. Here's the here's so a couple, couple things I would fix. I, I would get rid of these stupid courts. These courts are awful. Oh, they're god awful. I would just call it the NBA Cup. Like just full lean into it. Call it the NBA. Cup, stop in season tournament. I uh, I'll stop calling it the NIT if you call it the NBA Cup. The third thing I would do is I would stop trying to interweave regular season games with like I- I'm fine with it counting against the regular season record. That- that's totally okay with me. Okay. But you go from having a like a an NBA Cup qualifying game, group game, then you're playing two regular NBA regular season games, and then all of a sudden you're playing another group stage game in the NBA right. Cup. Just block out those however long, however long was it four weeks or whatever, just block out those four weeks where the only games in those four weeks are the NBA Cup games. It was confusing. If you count against the standings, that's fine. Stop interweaving That's why they did it. the courts, because when you saw the I courts, know. you realized it was one of those games. Yeah. Stop interweaving but like, in- These next four weeks is just the NBA Cup. Like just, in, just call it that for the next four weeks. Indiana played in Philadelphia in a regular season game. They lost. Two days later, they played in Philadelphia in the cup game, and they won, and they advanced. But like you just played two games yeah. back-to-back in the same city, and really the only difference is the court. Yeah, just uh, I'll, stop I'll tell you the other thing that they got to change, Jeremy, is they got to change on the doubleheader, making it a day game in the middle of a regular weekday. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that if you truly want to see, because I think you could have gotten better ratings too. If that was a a, a, a double header early, and because you're in Vegas, you can go the late game as the West Coast game. It's still prime time for Vegas, but you could do a double header in prime time and get more out of it. I like that. Yeah, that was a weird time to have that first semifinal. All right, Joe, what are you cashing or trashing? Something's cooking. Cash in Houston. Oh, the Houston Astros tweeted two things that I found very interesting today. Uh, they tweeted, uh, 2023 has lots of Breggy bombs, more to come in 2024. And then they also tweeted four photos saying, our third baseman. Alex Bregman contract extension is happening this week. Cash or trash? And the social media department has given us hints. I'm trashing. I'm going to trash, trash. it. I'm going to trash, trash it. It's not going to happen this week, regardless. I don't. Th- one, I don't think that they're going to extend Alex Bregman. Secondly, I don't think that they would go about it doing it this way. Why are you just tweeting these things then? He's Why not would... going anywhere, and they've already said they're, he's not going anywhere. This would have leaked. His, his, his agent is Scott Boris. This would have been out there. Maybe show him as long as he got the numbers, seller. and they might have already agreed to it. But they're just mm. they can they can work it however they want to work it. I I think whenever the admin is posting things on Twitter, that we shouldn't be reading too much into. You things. don't want to get burned either put that stuff out there and then you either trade him or he, he doesn't end up getting one i mean he, they're definitely at, at worst they're trolling their own fan base yeah because they get the replies to these two tweets if they're having another everyone kid, is, is that a bomb? i guess it is kind of weird like, i mean i'm just they... asking because otherwise it seems like he's going to be here and they're indicating that it's going to be more than this year. Maybe it's just like their first day of doing content for what they expect to be players in 2024. Like, I think it's more likely that than they extended Alex Bregman. I hope so. But, like, it is a full-on troll job right now. I'm going to so. trash that it happens this week, but I'm going to trash the fact that it's a legit possibility. And I like where your head was at with that, That's Joe. That's interesting. I just don't think admin would do that. Just like the whole J.J. Watt thing. Oh, look at us. What was it? I'm not even sure what that was. I don't think anybody knows to this day he what was, it was. He was working out. Uh, do we have the Lance thing? Cash or trash, Lance Zerline acting like Danny DeVito's agent. It's coming in a second. Let's get to a couple more of these textures. Uh, Sean oh, Stellato is joining us right now on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's Tommy DeVito's agent, and boy, is he doing a job. Tommy DeVito is the sensation of New York, and this is the guy that is behind it. Sean, welcome to the show. How you doing? 
I'm, I mean, it's great to be here. You know what you guys talking about? This is uh, it's a magical ride. You talk about me doing a great job with uh, with Tommy, but I'm also a family friend. You know, we, we keep it in a family that's real love. It's a real great American uh, uh, success story, and I couldn't be I couldn't be prouder to be uh, you know, associated with a guy that's this talented. Honestly, I mean, people act like. This is some flash in the pan. It's not going to be a flash in the pan at all. What it's going to turn into is going to be a lot of people really sad that they passed. All right. We lost Tommy. You gotta, we, got, we lost Sean. He got to get a better phone or something. I don't know what the hell. He's on a Here's Sean Stilato. I don't know if the, the cops were after him. I don't know if he had, you know, I don't know if he, something fell off a truck and all of a sudden he had to go. I don't know what happened. Hey, Sean, you back? I swear to Christ, if you hang up on me again like that, you and I are going to have a problem. I just want you to know this. You, di- dis- you show disrespect like that again, and I swear on my mother's grave. Bless her soul, you and I, Nona, Nona's been dead for five <laughs> years, and I swear, I will avenge her memory and come down there and smack you across your face. You hang up on me again like that. Cash your trash. This is one of Lance's best impersonations. I don't know if it was one of his best. I'm going to cash it because it was good. I'm going to trash it because this is this is not trash. even close to some of his best work. Right. The best is the word that got me. I'm going to cash the fact that it was good. It, the, argue, I, I'm not going to argue that it wasn't one of his best because I know a couple of them. That Lance, is, he's lost his fastball. All world. He's lost I thought his that was, no, I was expecting a huge disappointment there. It was pretty good. He's lost his fastball. I'm going to trash it just because it's not his best. It's not his best. It's good, though. It's funny. What is his best? The Hatchet Man. I like the SEC guy. That SEC guy, good. SEC guy is my favorite. Is my favorite. Yeah. I don't know the one way I just when I just interrupted Jeremy and Josh last week. Rapping dad, rapping dad. Yeah, that's not really. I know, but it's very funny. One of his guys. All right, yeah. Cash or trash Lance's uh, Danny DeVito's agent seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Who is the second best rookie quarterback in this year's draft class? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and. ESPN 92.5. I, I know what the best spirits in the market is. Uh, it's not debatable. It's a great pleasure of mine to tell you about Gentle Ben for a variety of reasons. At the top of that list is because I believe what I say. Gentle Ben is the best. Whether it's the vodka, best in the state, the gin, best in the market, or the bourbon, the double platinum winner of the prestigious Ascot Awards, Gentle Ben uses their innovative, revolutionary technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits you will ever taste. One of the impurities it eliminates are the heavy alcohols. Kind of like the stuff you used to clean up a cut that stuff's not in gentle bin why would it be smooth clean eliminates the burn don't labor through your drink enjoy it savor it you can do that with gentle bin head to the gentle bin tasting room stop at your favorite liquor store on the way home pick up a bottle ask for it at your favorite restaurant or the next time you go to the bar head to gentlebin.com to learn their incredible story and now you can order gentle bin straight from the website yeah gentlebin.com order the gentle bin stuff right from the website put it to your cart and they'll deliver it straight to your doorstep also at the website you can reserve holiday packages holiday gifts uh, you can get a four pack of the both of the bourbons the vodka the gin or you can do a bourbon vodka package this makes the perfect holiday gift for friends family your best customers we know they'll love what's not in our spirits too give gentle bin this holiday season go to gentlebin.com reserve now gentle bin if they've been extra good this year Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. He's uh, he's Blank. I'm Branham. Uh, we almost had our very first ever Gilbert call. Gilbert called Joe during the break, wanted to ask how C.J. Stroud's doing. What did you tell him whenever you he asked you how C.J. Stroud's doing? I said, I don't know. And he said, how, how bad is it? And I said, I, I don't know. He did not like my answers. And you didn't want to get Gilbert on the air with us? I asked. He said he couldn't wait. What's Gilbert doing? I don't know. What is Gilbert doing where he can't wait to, to be with the Killer Beast? I don't think he knows who you are. That's probably true. I do. Uh, I am in relative obscurity. Compared to John and Lance, yes. I am in relative obscurity. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Uh, 1711 said that uh, Lance's Danny DeVito agent sounded like a Midwestern accent to me. There wasn't enough Italian there. I don't think. There wasn't <laughs> enough meatball. Uh, you know, I was just talking mozzarella. to him. He said his cell phone legitimately was falling out. Lance uses a cricket. That's awful. I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, normally when he does the other bits, he's just in another studio, right? 
I have no idea. I don't know how the sausage is made, and I don't want to know how the sausage is made. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I wonder where he was calling from on that cricket phone. Can't believe it. Uh, Key from L.A., the Lakers win the NBA Cup and the finals the same season. Cash it or trash. I'm going to trash it and go trash on history it. here. No team has ever trash. won the NBA Cup and the NBA finals in the same year. So Fact. I think that history is going to prevail when yeah. it comes to the L.A. Lakers. Uh, cash or trash, is the Texans defense top 15 worthy? Not anymore. I, I'm trashing this big time. Yeah, not anymore. I think the linebacker plays too poor. Um, and really, that's it. I don't, I don't hate the secondary. I think Petrie might be a little overrated. I think Jimmy Ward might be a little bit old. I think Steven Nelson might be a little average. I like Stingley, but the, I like the defensive line. To me, the linebackers just aren't good enough, especially with like what D'Amico wants to do. I just feel like his linebackers are too poor to yeah, be a top-10 defense. Well, I think injuries, inconsistency, and inexperience lead to the fact that they're not what they were early in the season, and the potential's there for long term. But they need be- they need to upgrade the linebackers and some other things. How much know. would you guys are you guys comfortable going for a guy like Devin White? Because he's a little older, right? He's twenty five. He's not old. I thought he was older than that. Yeah, him and Patrick Queen are probably the top two free agent linebackers in this upcoming group. Let's see. I like Devin White a lot. I, I remember when I was watching a lot of Buccaneer football because we were in there in the playoffs a few years ago. I thought Devin White a lot of times was the best player on the field. Is it fair to say that he is a he's the second coming of the guy that he's playing with, Levante David? Yeah, I think they're pretty fair. similar. Yeah, because I look at those two guys and I thought, man, you put those two guys together and they both stay healthy, man, that that's a hell of a duo right there. Let's see the average AA, the top AAV. For an inside backers, Roquan Smith at twenty million a year. You get Fred Warner at nineteen. You got Tremaine Edmonds at eighteen. C.J. Mosley, which I think it's a little bit too much at seventeen. And then you have a pretty steep drop after that. Devondre Campbell's next at ten million. Mo- yeah, I think it's too much. Oof. I mean, Mosley's a good player. I don't think he's a seventeen million dollar a year player. So knowing those guys are there, where would you be willing to go with Devin Wine? Um. Well, I, I mean, I mean, I'm assuming that if you go, you're, you're, if you're going that route, Grenard's gone, right? Uh, I think you can pay two guys. They have a lot but, of money. I think you can pay two guys at what price, though? Because if we're well, talking, we're about, talking Gren- about, I know, but I'm saying if Grenard goes over twenty, then I don't think that you're going to give White a similar contract. I think you can pay two twenty million dollar a year guys. Now I don't know if they will want to because if you're paying two twenty million dollar a year guys, now you're kind of star and scrubbing your free agency right. this season. I don't know if they'll go that route. I think it's it's probably more likely that they're going to go one guy twenty or more million, and then they sign some good quality depth, you know, with the excess as opposed to two twenty million a year guys and then star and scrub the rest of your free agency class because they will have a lot of holes. They have a lot of holes to fill. So I I tend to agree that they're going to sign like a splash and then a lot of like pretty good players as opposed to two splashes and then a bunch of scrubs. Um, I like White a lot. I think they I think they're going to go one or the other. I don't think that they would go both and whether it's him or someone else. I think I think there's more of a need for linebacker. Like I like Grenard a lot, but I think they have a bigger need for linebacker than they do defensive end. And I think you could probably draft the third rounder and be a guy who could like actually play some significant snaps for you at the other defensive end position. See, I would say of the two positions, I think the veteran experienced player needs to be in the linebacking core. And you can find a even if it's a situational pass rusher, I think you can find a pass rusher in the draft that can complement Will Anderson. But I I don't think that they're going to pay two defensive players twenty plus. I think it's possible, but I would I, I do think it's probably unlikely. Uh, I would lean the linebacker here because I mean Will Anderson's supposed to be your stud. Will Anderson's supposed to be your stud defensive end. You're probably not going to have two stud defensive ends. Maybe you can go the veteran route, sign like a JJ Watt, uh, and then spend your money on, on on a Devin White. I don't hate that idea. I don't hate the idea of Patrick Queen. Like Patrick Queen would excite Patrick me Queen's greatly. So good. Plus, how much does like D'Amico being a linebacker factor into this? Because I, I think D'Amico would love to have his like we we look at where's the green dot for the Texans this year. I think Petrie did it once. Henry To'o To'o had a couple of weeks yeah. wearing the dot. I think Cashman's done it. I think Perriman's, Perriman's done, it. done it. So the Texans haven't had like that guy that is the coach on the field. D'Amico Ryans is the head coach that used to be that coach on the field. So I think D'Amico's like the way that he factors into all of this is I think that he has a tremendous amount of value for that where maybe some other teams wouldn't as much. So I, I think they would go more linebacker than than defensive end. Yeah, money. I, that's why I'm saying I, I don't think they're going to pay both, but I think that 
from a D'Amico perspective, it's a good point. But I think that you want D'Amico, D'Amico's defense. You want a guy that is ideal for D'Amico to mold his defense. And, and maybe he also helps Will Anderson along the way and helps the young linebackers like Harris and Toto and some of the guys you already have. I think if they're going to spend money, they're not going to spend 220 mil plus on defense. And if they're going to spend one or the other, I think they're going to spend it on a free agent linebacker that can still complement Will Anderson, but from a different part of the field. I, uh, I'll i take that. I'll sign up for that. Now, they're going to have, what, $70 million in cash I think it's space. like $65. $65 million in cash could space. You and allocate, they could probably come out of some contracts, too, and like make it even bigger. Could you allocate $35 million for two players? Say Devin White is player A, mm-hmm. and then you have $15 million, $16 million for either double down. Like I, I would I would double down, and I would go Queen and White if you could convince Ooh, boy. them. And then, well, well, no, I don't like that at all because they 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 they're going to play a lot of nickel stuff, and they're only going to have two linebackers on the field a lot of times. So I'm not I'm not doubling down on linebackers. I'm getting one, and then I'm going to spend on defensive end. Could you get? Do you think you could find a way to get White and Grenard for a thirty five million dollars total? Mm, probably not. Yeah, I think they're both. Eh, like, how much is an inside linebacker going to get in today's market? Roquan Smith is the highest paid AAV middle linebacker, and he gets twenty million a year. So, could you potentially get Devin White at fifteen per? That's probably light. That's He'd probably light. be between somewhere between. He probably want more than twenty. I feel like you get eighteen and eighteen. That's possibly. what I'm saying. I'm saying 20, 20 and twenty is reality right now. Especially because if they're leaving their team, twenty is the top of the market though. But they're going to get overpaid to leave their teams. Yeah, so they're on free, yeah. I, so I think it's going to be right around there. I want them to aggressively spend while CJ Stroud's on his rookie deal, though. I don't want but them I'd like to, to pussyfoot around and like, oh, you know, we we thought about it, but we're going to roll it to next. They need to be aggressive <laughs> with their salary cap while Stroud's on his rookie. But year. that's to my point of saying I can see them spending twenty on the defensive side on one player, but then taking the rest of it, allocating it towards tight end, running back. Yeah, I mean, doing, doing some things so that CJ has more weapons. Yeah, uh, I, I'm a fan of spending money on defense and then drafting weapons around Stroud. That's kind of where I'm at. Now, there's a lot of variables that could change this. 713-780-ESPN. We'll talk about the second-best rookie quarterback uh, at 515. When we come back, though, win the division, make the wild card, miss the playoffs. Right now, what do you think the Texans do? Win the division, make the wild card, miss the playoffs altogether. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.